Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zarrell. With me, as always, the professional film critic, Sean Patrick, and Jeff Lasseter. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone'sCriticPodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our handle is CriticsPod. Uh, listen to the show at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers. If you go to Apple Podcasts, though, and subscribe to the show and give us a five-star review, we'll read your review on the air. And let us know you did that, too, because sometimes we miss that. Also, patreon.com slash criticspod is the best way to support the podcast. Uh, we have several bonus episodes up over at Patreon, uh, including a Friday the 13th commentary track. I believe part two is coming soon, plus several mu- music reviews that Sean and I did, among other things. And then T Public, if you search or you go to I Hate Critics Internet, click on the T Public link up on the right hand corner. It's about, but that's not the best way to help support the podcast, but it's a way to help support the podcast uh, and get some of our merch. Uh, Sean, where can people read your reviews? Uh, you can find the archive blog so you can see the way, places where I contradict myself at uh, Sean uh, in your honor, Bob, I posted my positive review of Crash written in 2005, uh, so people can make fun of me now for knowing how much I hate that movie now. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff, where can people get your art? JeffLasseter.com has my links. Um, I've just recently started, uh, took my first batch of stickers to Ray Gun in Davenport, Iowa. Um, so if you're around there, you can go down there and look at them and then buy them from me. So I get all the money. Um, <laughs> you know, awesome. And all also, the- I, should, oh, go ahead, I should, I should mention also, I've started a new book project that people can support. So by uh, going to uh, horror.media and reading my stuff there, it's a, it's a book that I've started uh, all about horror movies in the 90s. I've got uh, several pieces up that are going to be backed up by a lot of other background information when the actual book and of course filled with reviews of about 200 horror films that came out during the 1990s between January of 1990 and December 1999 and the most recent one that is up right now is uh, Tales from the Dark Side which is uh, now one of my favorite horror movies ever. Nice. I really do love that movie. Awesome. And most of those links are in our show notes. I'll try to get them all updated for anything we've added to it. Uh, let's jump right into the podcast and start with What's Love Got to Do With It? What's Love Got to Do With It? Uh, it's directed by Shakar Kapoor and uh, stars Lily Collins as a, a woman who's a documentary, a documentarian. Uh, she finds out that her, one of her closest friends, a Pakistani man, is getting married and uh, it's an arranged marriage. And she thinks, well, they've rejected my most recent documentaries, but I they might be interested in a documentary about my friend getting into this arranged marriage. And so she kind of inflicts herself upon her friend to get him to accept her uh, documenting his entire arranged marriage. But of course, everybody knows where this is headed, uh, that these are two attractive people who have known each other for years. So of course they're kind of meant to be together and the movie's just going to build towards that. So of course, we've been through this before. The best thing you're going to do in this situation is not necessarily try to buck convention. What you're going to do is try and color in the margins and make sure that uh, everything you've got going towards this very predictable ending is very, very good. And the thing is, is that this is very, very good. 
uh, when the when they're you know kind of uh, working in the margins and and layering in these characters. And, and Lily Collins is just an actress who's just just really really good at this type of role. She's so sweet and charming and rom- and uh, just a natural romantic. And they they've got this little clever dialogue bit that they do where she takes like classic fairy tales and you know, turns them into like uh, things where the woman rejects the the prince and and goes on with her life uh I like a little she tells this wonderful little story about the the princess and the frog and how she as her princess refuses to kiss the frog because why wouldn't i want a talking frog that's awesome <laughs> and, and she just delivers that so very very well uh this is weird this the directing is very very good and it's strange because this is uh the director here is the guy who his last time he directed shakar kapoor hasn't directed a film since Elizabeth the Golden Age. Uh, he di- he directed Elizabeth and Elizabeth the Golden Age and hasn't worked as a director since. And this is such a small movie to come back for, considering you know the scope and scale of those two movies. Uh, but he hasn't lost a step. I mean, he's still uh, a strong visual filmmaker. He's got a g- got really great uh, instincts behind the camera, and uh, he's working with a, a terrific screenwriter in Jemima Khan, who's got a really good ear for you know clever dialogue. And of course, the secret weapon is Emma Thompson. Uh, <laughs> Emma Thompson, who whose job here is just to be drunk and dance at Pakistani weddings. That's her gig, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun to watch. She's playing uh, Lily Collins' mom, and yeah, she just just kind of just kind of gets soused up and does some dancing and has a great time. Uh, <laughs> and really, just the whole movie is just a really great time. Awesome. <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about this movie. Did you, Jeff? Uh, no, I I watched the Angela Bassett one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I heard about it, but I was working and had stuff going on and couldn't get to the only sh- showings in our area. I find I still am, I'm I'm kind of baffled by the release strategy because there was one showing in our area and or two showings one and they're both at 110 in the afternoon on friday and 110 in the afternoon on saturday why what is that about i <laughs> make it make sense because that there's just nothing about that that makes any sense at all well it's a terrible name i for mean a movie <laughs> <laughs> it's true that is a bad title that's actually what i put in my in my review titles is a terrible title for a really good movie especially if it's not about tina turner <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> there's already yeah that already exists, and as I mean, it's also just the most generic romantic comedy title you can think of, too. Imagine trying to Google this movie for showtimes. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah that's where uh, that's what happened exactly when I went to you know look for like when I was realizing just what a terrible title it was. Like it's like the third or fourth thing down when you when you Google it. <laughs> Anything else on what's love got to do with it before we move on? I didn't get a chance to see the the Priyanka Chopra uh, movie, which also came out this weekend. But it's, again, just shining another light on why this was such a weird release for this movie. uh, is the fact that they had a movie basically just like it coming out the same weekend on more screens. What What was anyone behind this movie thinking? You've got a pretty good movie here. And you've basically buried it in the weirdest release strategy ever. Especially with nothing coming out really next week. Yeah. Or to be counter-programming programming to Guardians 3. He could have done more with screen times anyway. 
Uh, Guardians 3 is our next movie. Yes, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, directed by James Gunn, and of course bringing back the uh, cast from uh, the previous two Guardians movies, and of course uh, the, the Guardians are, are back and you know, doing what they do. Uh, we're jumping right back into the story. They're getting attacked by uh, by Warlock, whatever his deal is. Adam Warlock. Uh, Adam Warlock. Uh, he comes barreling in and uh, starts the movie with a big action scene, and it Rocket ends up getting uh, injured to the point of near death, and they've got to figure out a way to rescue him, and it leads to telling his backstory. And we get uh, a lot of Rocket's uh, backstory via flashbacks while the rest of the cast is uh, pulling off essentially kind of a heist plot to try and uh, find the thing that's going to to save his life. Um, lots of really good stuff here because this is a you know, really likable franchise. This is a franchise that's built on likability, and James Gunn, is a, a terrific director. He's got a lot of really smart ideas and uh, he loves this cast and they love him and they love working together. And you can sense that in all that they do. I think the only issue that I have with this movie is what other movies did to this movie. Uh, specifically the, I don't every watching this movie seemed to kind of confirm to me that they decided to kill Gamora, uh, the original Gamora without talking to James Gunn. I think they made that decision and kind of forced James Gunn into a position where, look, now I've got to write around that. Uh, and uh, I don't think anybody's particularly happy about it. And I found Gamora, this new version of Gamora, and her dynamic with uh, Star-Lord to be miserable. Not merely that they weren't on the same page, but it was just, it was outright miserable. Like, there was no fun to be had from, from them. Uh, and I understand, you know, both of their perspectives. The characters... Their emotions make sense, but at the same time, did it have to be miserable? Did you have to go with the fact that they're both miserable and she truly hates him? You couldn't come up with another way to make this kind of charming? Because I think that that's kind of the, the really one lead balloon in this entire movie is kind of holding me back from, from enjoying the rest of it. Because I did enjoy the rest of it. I found the rest of it very, very, very good. But on an emotional level, like... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 hits hard. You know, that ending, especially with Michael Rooker's death, hits hard. It's got big emotions. It's, it's tear-worthy. And I was hoping to find something similar to that here, but it felt like kind of a, a step back uh, for me in terms of the emotionality uh, from this. And I, I guess maybe it was always going to be. Maybe that was just such a high for me that, that uh, maybe it couldn't match that. But uh, certainly I think that making that, that, that particular one and there was such a great growth, you know, for between those two characters, between Star Lord and Gamora, and whether it ended up with them in in a romance or not, it was such it, it was beginning to define both of those characters in very interesting ways, uh, and and showing you know Peter Quill's maturity, and obviously losing her this is a huge step back in terms of that character, and I think Chris Pratt just kind of feels unmoored. Which is again part of the character. I agree. I, I admit that, but I still I found it to be like all that character growth feels lost now to me. Jeff, do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? Um, go ahead. <clears throat> I I thought it was fine. Uh, I mean, it, I, I'm curious what it would have been like if he made it right away, like he was supposed to. Uh. Uh, I agree with you on the Gamora character. I it almost felt like they didn't agree with where they had to go with it, but they did it anyway. 
and it I don't know it was hard to buy into and I shouldn't say buy into because clearly she's a different person but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just I don't know it felt like they were forced into the scenario they were in like you said and it just didn't feel natural and or fun or I don't know and it was kind of a, a step backwards uh, I I don't know it, again I don't want to keep falling back on the bow is afraid thing, but it's, it was fine. I don't know. I'm kind of done with comic book movies. I've been saying that for a while. And, uh, this is, <clears throat> I did like this franchise. I don't dislike the movie, but I, I don't know. It's fine. I, can someone explain the Kevin Bacon stuff? What should I know what that is? Um, <laughs> you had to have seen the guardians of the galaxy holiday special. Gotcha. Uh, that's where they call out the fact that Peter Quill and Mantis are brother and sister and that um, <clears throat> they kidnap Kevin Bacon, basically, to bring him to Star-Lord for Christmas because he's feeling so down about Gamora. Um, you shouldn't have to watch that kind of stuff to get this get the jokes, and that's yeah, one of my biggest problems. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my biggest problems with the Marvel universe and to an extent, the star Wars universe is that, Oh, well, if you just saw this or you just read that, why, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that should, that should be explained in the first five minutes. If you know, you just recap it, right. you know, ever since we kidnapped Kevin Bacon and you told star Lord that you guys are brother and sister, you know, that's li- literally a dropped line. It's all you need mm-hmm. to set up that joke. But yeah, I was definitely kind of <laughs> trying it in my mind to see, to remember. Was that in two? I don't remember that being in two. <laughs> no, it was not. Am I forgetting the post credit scene? Did I walk out? I don't remember. Well, we were watching the post credits because and Kevin Bacon pops up in the in the in a picture in the credits. My wife's like, "What's he have to do with this?" Like, <laughs> I have no idea. And then I'm not even paying attention, and she's like, she catches it on the newspaper where they talk about where they make the joke. And I was just like, I, I'd missed it. And obviously she's not good at explaining that stuff. So plus we've never seen the holiday special. I didn't even know there was one. What is, yeah. Where do you get that at? It's on Disney plus. Oh, that explains it. Having, having seen both of them now, that could have been a, like an opening stinger kind of scene for it. Honestly, they could have really edited it down, edited it down. And it, seems like that kind of that it might have been that way you know that they wanted to that was a scene from it because james gunn did it it kind of just seemed like that was a a, you know like an extended sequence that they fleshed out to be a holiday special because that's where you know cosmo the talking dog is is speaking and you know a lot of that stuff kind of is explained a lot of a lot of that weird stuff, yeah, it it did feel out of nowhere to have a, a Russian talking dog. I just tried to accept it <laughs> because I because well, I, I mean, yeah, so that's, much. that's how I feel about all the Marvel space movies. <laughs> <laughs> Is okay, you know what? I'm just gonna go with it. It's fucking wild and weird and wacky, and yeah. I'm just gonna go with it because if you don't go with it, then you're gonna hate the movie. So I'm starting now to dread. The idea, because I, I was looking forward to the Marvels, and now 
I'm like, do I have to go watch something on Disney Plus to actually enjoy that movie? I liked the Ms. Marvel mm-hmm. show quite a bit. Um, I think Kamala Khan is a very likable character. And, it, you know, it. you shouldn't have to watch it, but you have to watch it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Bob. We've got homework. <laughs> I mean, I, I, seeing the trailer for that, I was like, I, I thought that looked pretty dumb, personally. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I, I can t- I can spoil it for you a little bit because you're probably not going to watch it, Bob. One percent um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know you well enough to know that you're not going to watch I'm it. I'm not even sure if I have uh, Disney Plus. Yeah i I have somebody else's. Um, Shh. <laughs> uh, so the the end credit scene for that. Kamala gets the um, the bangle that has you know gives her her powers from her uh, grandmother or her great aunt or something, and so she's got her powers and whatever. And at the end, the 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 after credit scene is her using it, and then all of a sudden, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel shows up, and like what the hell? You know the scene from the trailer where she's like she's looking around and she sees all the stuff and. and what the hell? And now, based on the trailer, they've switched spots. So, gotcha. <laughs> so, Jeff, what? Tell us. You said you really liked this movie, though, right? I did actually. Um, I, I think what one of the reasons I liked it so much is James Gunn took a a group of characters that nobody really cared about as far you know other than people who were super fans of this particular comic and made them some of the best richest characters in the marvel universe mm-hmm. um you know he he gave us like ronin and uh you know all all of these different characters you're never really going to get unless you do kind of like hit it out of the park the first time um I okay, so my favorite Marvel comic was the Infinity Gauntlet saga, the first, you know, the first saga. And um, in that movie, or in that, God, in that movie, in that book, uh, the one who kind of saves the day is Adam Warlock. He saves everything from, uh, saves everyone from Thanos. Well, obviously, he wasn't around for the Infinity Saga. So I'm kind of curious as to what they're going to do with him. Um, I like that they played him, you know, they, they dropped the line that, oh, he, you took him out of his, his cryo tube too quickly and he hasn't finished growing. And so he acts like a kid the whole time. And, he, you know, he's smashing everybody just to get what he wants and doesn't quite get social cues and things like that. Um, as far as Peter and Gamora go, I've seen all the other movies enough to kind of realize that Gamora is looking for a family, but she's also not just going to fall in line with the first guy who says, we used to love each other, but you didn't, you know, but you died and she needs a family more than a love interest and seeing her at the end, find that family with the Marauders. Or is that the, the Marauder? I'm so confused. Um, Ravagers. 
Ravagers, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, seeing her in that last scene, I was like, I don't care if they get back together. I mean, I know no, they're not. I don't either. Uh, the, the I don't care if they get back together. I don't care. I didn't want this Gamora with Peter. That's not the point. Is is the point? Is what I'm missing is that that uh, I don't think James Gunn wanted that version of Gamora to be killed. I don't think he knew that was going to happen. I think he found out about that and had to write around it. And what he came up with to write around it just doesn't work for me. No. Fair enough. Work for me. Yeah, I, think, I think I think I, the character, I think the way I think Gamora's the character the character that they now have, I think she was acting as a normal person would, and I think she had proper motivation and it made sense. I just didn't enjoy I thought it was it was it, to me it felt miserable the way that she and Peter treated each other. Like she doesn't have to be romantic with him, but did it have to be she hates this guy and they make each other miserable? Did it have to be that? Well, and I had Couldn't a problem with the way Peter was more than her. It was, yeah. you know, because yeah. he was, you know, quickly it turned into, oh, you're going to like me. I'll, I'll turn you. And it was just, it was just almost, it was too important of a storyline, but also like an afterthought at the same time that I just, it didn't get the time it needed to be as big of a deal as it should have been. And I don't know. It just, Nobody seemed invested other than maybe Zoe Saldana because she really was acting the hell out of some of those scenes. But I don't know. I just, more than anything, I don't know that it was bad. I just didn't care. And I think I should care more about that part. And even the part where Jeff said where she finds her family, that's, he's right. That's the way it should have gone. And it did. But there was an element of me not caring. Yeah, I didn't really know any of those Ravagers, nor did I really know what her relationship to them was. Was that in the Christmas special as well, where she became <laughs> family with the Ravagers? Because I don't, I didn't see that in this movie. She just, I mean, she barely even cared that that one guy and his dog died. She didn't even know who the dog guy was, you know, the, the one who gets blown up, uh, giving up her location. Like, she didn't even give a fuck that that guy died, and he was apparently a Ravager. But then she goes back to them and, now they're her family that she that she's always loved, and it's like, what? When did that happen? <laughs> I mean, I get that that's her journey. That where she wanted to go is having having that group of of her own, but I don't think they established her and the Ravagers together that well. Well, I think personally, I I would have liked to have seen the whole you know Star Lord Gamora thing wrapped up earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. where she just said, you know what. Peter, let's be friends. Let's work together when we have to, mm-hmm. but we're never going to be what we were or what you remember us as. So let's work together and have him make that choice. I mean, apparently he's coming back if you, you know, if you right. read the end of it, but this is the last guardians of the galaxy movie with this team. Um, and to have them, you know, they, I mean, they all kind of eventually had a happy ending, even though they made it look like everybody was going to fucking die in the trailer. Um, I, to give them all their happy ending, I think in, in a two and a half hour movie seemed a little rushed. Um, you know, had they, had they had that scene towards the beginning where, you know, she's, she's like, look, you, why don't you just get with my sister? Because you guys seem to, you know, that scene where they're in the elevator or whatever, 
if they'd had that like right at the beginning or toward closer to the beginning, you know, he could have just had the had the epiphany. Oh yeah, I, I'm happier when I'm without you, <laughs> without this version of Gamora. You know, I mean, take the emotional growth that he's shown in the previous two movies and actually put that to use instead of resetting the character back to uh, being that guy who's just pining for this girl. He has to have her. And that's the only thing he wants in the world. I mean, take the growth that he actually showed in Guardians 2 and use that. And I don't think they did. They, they reset the character to who he was. And that's a that's a real shame to me, because uh, I thought by the end of Guardians 2, as much as he was moving toward a romance with Gamora, he had also grown as a person, like the whole situation he had with both of his fathers, like that showed a great deal of emotional growth and him learning to accept and, and be okay with, you know, Gamora having different feelings than him and not understanding the same things the way he does and him growing towards understanding and accepting that she doesn't get everything about him and that maybe there won't be a romance there. It seemed to me that the character reached a point where he could accept not being romantic with her. Like, that's what he wanted, but that he could accept it. And then with her dying, I understand that's going to set him back and make him a bit of a different person. Uh, but then having her there is also going to be a new kind of re-traumatization. But, like, for him to have no growth from, from then uh, to them to take him back to, to factory settings, Peter Quill almost was like, I found that to be an odd choice. Yeah, they didn't even they didn't even commit to it. Like he starts damaged, but he doesn't stay damaged for very long, you know. And I don't know. They, uh, I really think Star Lord might have been the worst character in this movie. The more I think about it, that we're now that we're talking about it out loud. Uh, uh, and yeah, speaking of best characters, like I thought uh, for sure for me, Karen Gillan was the best. She she yes. has grown into that character more than anybody, and that seems to be the most organic growth of any character. In, in any of these movies, uh, with Mantis, I would say a close second. Her coming, her coming into her own uh, and growing into this character, they had the best. They had the most fun dynamic. Uh, they had the best character growth and arcs uh, for me, and I really enjoyed both of those performances a lot. Well, but Star Lord's the Iron Man or the Captain America, this group, you know, and he's <laughs> yeah. supposed to be the best. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I and even if you look at. Thor and I didn't watch the Christmas special, but he now he's a drunk, but he's a drunk for like five minutes and they move on and you know, he's heartbroken, but now he's making jokes. I mean, like you said, it affected a factor reset, but they didn't it was like you know, a quarter of the way through the movie or a third of the way through the movie they did the factor reset. I don't know, there just was no commitment to his struggle and uh I don't know. I, I'm looking for way too much out of a Marvel space movie, and that's the problem. <laughs> I think I think what we're looking at here a lot, and then and maybe it's the reason why James Gunn is at DC now, is that I think Disney really got involved in this. Like you said, like what you were talking about with the Christmas special and how that could have been wrapped up early on in this movie. Like perhaps that was Disney going, "Hey, we want a Christmas special. Why don't we take that piece and turn it into this?" Then you, of course you've got them making the decision somebody making the decision at some point to kill Gamora, whether it was in on it or not, I, you can sense from the storytelling that that's not where he was intending to take. Uh, he was intending to explore either a romance or, or a really close friendship between those two. That's where he was taking those two characters. And he had that sort of taken from him. Uh, and I think that 
I think there's some studio interference on this one that is that again to create to James Gunn's credit, he still made a pretty good movie with that, with the challenges in front of him. He still made a pretty good movie. I'll stop being Debbie Downer. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh no, I'm not. Now I hate the movie and I never want to talk about it again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think like, I I don't hate the movie. I don't, I don't, I've given it a positive review. I just, there's aspects of it. I don't like. Yeah. Well, that's literally every movie. Even the movies I love dearly, I still there are aspects of them that I'm kind of like, ah, eh, okay, whatever. Yeah, I still I still recommend this movie. I think it's good. I, I, the, the more interesting things to talk about are the things that are, that are probably wrong with it. But uh, you know, there there are plenty of good things about it. Like I, I liked the heist bit. <laughs> I enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, I thought the villain was pretty good, considering that I think he's in the shadow of of ego, which I think is a really, uh, I mean, coming in after Kurt Russell is not going to be easy for anybody. This guy did the best job you could possibly do because Kurt Russell was amazing as ego. You know, you're always going to be kind of competing against that and coming up a little bit short, but this guy was, he was, he was scary. He was, you know, he was energetic. He was exciting. It's, it's a really terrific performance. And there's a lot of emotion in, in Rocket's backstory that they mind really, really well. What do you guys think of the um, the internet rumors that are going around that they may try to uh, replace Kang with him um, and just say that he's another variant of Kang after Jonathan Majors kind of got taken down by allegedly abusing somebody and many women? I don't know. I'm 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 kind of going in the direction of not caring what Marvel does at this point. Um, (laughs) the further I get away from quantum mania, the less, the less I enjoy quantum mania. I'm, I'll still enjoy this movie, but I'm it's always going to be like, I'm going to have my nostalgia be for guardians too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of not caring what Marvel does at this point. Who is Kang? I'm not even, I'm not being an asshole. (sighs) I I really don't know. (laughs) Who's the villain of quantum mania? What's quantum? Yeah, they've set him up to yeah, be the Thanos next Thanos. Quantum Mania. Oh, the next Thanos. Yeah, the big bad of the uh, current. The next world. Um, did you skip Ant Man? Uh, I don't I, remember. I never you? saw it. No. Oh, that was an Ant Man movie. Okay. Ant Man yeah. Quantum Mania. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. It's worth seeing. I mean, I, it's not my favorite, but I love Michelle Pfeiffer in it. We literally weren't even going to go see Guardians. It was just like we had to kill time. And I was like, you guys want to go see Guardians right now? We're in the Quad Cities. And there happened to be a showtime that worked out. There was three seats next to each other when we went. Uh, in hindsight, I wish I had gone on Sunday instead of Saturday. But, again, I'm not the regular audience for it. Even the other Guardians movies, while I liked them, it's... The, I, I mean, I guess I liked them. They're they're fun, but that's kind of where it begins and ends with me is fun, and I'm in that headspace where I'm wanting something more, and that's not fair. So I need to stop doing that. <laughs> Plus, I'm not just, every movie can have a giant penis in it. I know, but that's what's important to me. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, 
Wow, uh, you learned so much about your co-hosts. <laughs> I thought I was the only one who that was important to. <laughs> I just never know what the day is going to bring. <clears throat> uh, anything else on Guardians? I feel like we haven't really let Jeff talk a whole lot because we kept interrupting him with our negativity. <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah, fuck you guys, I quit. <laughs> Show over. <laughs> We're actually just leaving you space if you want to expand on any more positive thoughts. Well, it was certainly better than watching the coronation all week. How's that? <laughs> I was making fun of the coronation on the radio today. I was talking about how I think a dog in like a if you put a dog a cape and a and a and a, like a what a crown on a dog, you do just about as much as a king. <laughs> It was just about tourism. I mean, you know, I think a dog actually with a with a crown and a cape would actually do do far more business, especially in like, Florida. <laughs> my uh, my favorite thing about the coronation was all the uh, comparisons to Snoke from uh, the Star Wars sequel trilogy when he put on that gold robe and he was sitting there and they're like, "I made Snoke." Oh, that's good. That's good. I hadn't seen that. <laughs> uh, it's, no, it's no King Ralph coronation, I tell you that. Much. <laughs> it's still the greatest coronation in, in movie history. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to move on, or do you want to keep talking Guardians <laughs> or Coronation? Oh, we're we still talking about Guardians? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to prolong the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our undisputed classic, more or less, was Scotland, PA. Yeah, why don't you take us through this one, Bob? <laughs> uh, well, in 2001, when it came out, I saw it in a video store, and I was like, this looks weird. And I watched it, and I was like, this is pretty good. Told another friend about it. He thought it was awesome. Never watched it again. Didn't even really know it was about Macbeth, even though I don't know how you could not know that. <laughs> I mean, we watched it. Uh, I just had never read Macbeth. And uh, it's basically Macbeth in a fast food restaurant. And they kind of add the creation of McDonald's and combine it with the story of Macbeth. Christopher Walken's in it. And I thought Mara Tyranny was really awesome in it. And that's about it. Yeah, I, I found this movie to be insufferable. Um, <laughs> I got about 15 minutes in and I went to do something else. Uh, I did finish it. I went back to it because it's, you know, I, I respect this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I didn't. I just, something about James LaGrosse is just, he is the least interesting actor in the world to me. I find him just to be right? like, he's the oatmeal of actors. He's just, <laughs> you don't add anything to him. Uh, he's just, he's just bland. <laughs> just, he is just wet oats to me. Uh, and that stupid wig he's wearing just really makes him look silly. Um, the wig work here is is also notably terrible throughout. Uh, uh, but that that's beside the point. I, I don't enjoy the 70s aesthetic uh, very much. Every time I see the 70s in a movie, it feels like it just feels like a cartoon. Like uh, I don't I've never watched one of these movies aside from maybe Boogie Nights and seen the 1970s in a way that looked authentic this just feels like everybody's wearing costumes and bad wigs um mm -hmm. 
I, I, I get the whole Macbeth thing, and that's that's it's hard cute. not to. <laughs> it's cute, but uh, it didn't it didn't really land with me. Aside from Christopher Walken, who's just Christopher Walken can do anything, and when he's delighting over being uh, over cooking food and like the idea of cooking food and uh, talking about wanting to run the restaurant, I I, I was a I, I, he's so adorable that I could I could enjoy aspects of that and aspects of what he was doing, but. Anytime Christopher Walken wasn't on screen doing something cute, I was like, I'm bored. I just don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I didn't enjoy... I More tyranny's not bad. I just didn't... Uh, the rest of the movie is sort of dragging everything down with it, especially James LaGrosse. And of course, I just get annoyed anytime I see Andy Dick. Uh, just <laughs> on a general rule, if yeah. Andy Dick is somewhere around, I'm, I'm just irritated. <laughs> That did play a role into my, uh, I, I enjoyed it a little bit, but at the same time, it was kind of in the way of, this is making them miserable <laughs> in a funny way. <laughs> because I, like they're not even trying to be cute with the Macbeth stuff. It's like literally the same names. They don't even change the names of the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, there's no like, I wonder, trying to figure it out. It's like, if you know the story of Macbeth, you know what's going to happen and who does what, when and how. Uh, so I got a little bit of fun with the kind of the troll aspect of it. Uh, but it definitely wasn't, it reminded me of like, like he wanted to be Richard Linkletter or like Kevin Smith, you know, too much. And it just didn't, I, I don't know. It was fine. I, it, I, he didn't make another movie ever again. This Billy Morissette guy. Really? I don't. Yeah. I didn't see it on IMDb. It looked like it was the only one he directed. Uh, it did get pretty good reviews, uh, and I do. I did like Mara Tierney in it, and I kind of like the idea of the main actor being such oatmeal and playing Macbeth. I thought mm-hmm. it worked, but mm-hmm. again, I'm not gonna. I'll never have to watch it again. Uh, also, the Bad Company stuff was so often so early. I was, and my memory of it was throughout the whole movie a little more than it was. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think, Jeff? What do you think, Jeff? Oh, I hated it. I mean, <laughs> hated it. Um, Maura Tierney, I will watch her do anything. Um, but everybody else in the movie, I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I started watching it last night. Um, then about like Sean, about I got about 45 minutes in. I started reading a book and then I finished it today, but I kind of just half paid attention to it. I was just, it was, it was just so bad. And <laughs> I, I'm not a big Macbeth fan. First of all, um, I get, you know, I got some of the references in it, but I was just like, it was such a slog. I was just like, come on, you know, something happened and then something happened, but it was like, it was, how did I explain this to myself earlier? I said, this is like, if it's like a student film by the Coen brothers, Mm. you know, it's like something they made in junior high. Um, if they, you know, I mean, if they'd been severely mentally disabled too, that would have, uh, but 
I just, it just was like they were, he was trying to be the Coen brothers. You know what I mean? It's like, ooh, it's, this is like Blood Simple or something and, you know, or Fargo. And it really wasn't. It was more like Bartgo. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, nobody was fun in it except for Maura Tierney. And that was still towards the end when she's like looking around and she's trying not to look at the camera. And at one point she like looks off into the distance, but she kind of almost starts her eyes towards the camera and they didn't cut that out. I was like, dude, this guy should never make another film. Luckily he didn't. Um, <laughs> was her husband. <laughs> yeah, ex-husband. Yeah. I can yeah. see why. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, just seeing the, the fact that, that he never made another one. I was, re- you know, I kind of looked at some of the um, IMDb trivia after, as I was starting the movie and I was like, Oh, that doesn't bode well because even horrible directors like Uwe Boll make several movies. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Don't watch it. It's free on prime, but I mean, unless you're looking for, you know, if your melatonin's not kicking in, give it a try. You know, I, what I was hoping for and was kind of was- wanted to see was something that would be I, I guess when they started off on that thing about putting James Rebhorn in the fryer I thought okay we're gonna get really wild here and I thought maybe they'll take it like a like a direction what am I trying to think I'm sorry I'm, I've lost my th- my thought here John Waters John yeah. Waters or maybe like a, a trauma film like take it take McFarland but go in that insane absolutely insane direction where you're just dialing it up like I wanted to see them pull James Rebhorn out of the fryer and like his corpse was like a French fry, like looking thing. Like I wanted to see something like that and just keep getting cr- crazier and crazier and crazier. You know what I kept thinking too is that did, I don't know if you guys either of you saw Psycho Three, um, directed by Anthony Perkins. There is a scene where he has killed somebody as Norman Bates and he has shoved her in an ice chest like at the hotel or at the motel, and. While he's trying to, you know, he's going to go hide the body in the swamp, but the cop comes and he's looking for this girl who's missing. And he goes and he's talking to Norman Bates and he flips up the thing of the the top of the ice chest and he's starting to chew on ice and he pulls the ice out and he's just, he's eating a piece. And then you see her hand, her finger sticking up. It would have been funny if somebody had been like in the walk-in freezer or something getting French fries and they actually like broke off one of his fingers or something like that. You know, that just that, oh, are they going to find out? Or are they not going to find out? Are they going to find out? No. Instead, we got what we got. I think you can still do all the whole Macbeth, you know, Shakespeare stuff, but do it like with this just wild attitude of like, we're going to take the violence of that and go uh, in wild, you know, directions with it. I think it, like a John Waters style would have been very, very appealing in this yeah. because it would have taken the craziness that's already going on. I think what the mistake he makes is trying to be like the Coen brothers or trying to keep this on a, in a grounded level. Don't be grounded with this. Take it in a fucking weird direction, man. Uh, and really make it memorable. Well, thank yeah, you guys. Yeah. Sorry for, <laughs> I just needed to know if it was as good as I remembered it 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> it was actually kind of fun for me how I definitely knew you guys weren't going to like it as I'm watching it, which kind of made it a little bit fun, but for the wrong reasons. 
I'm just glad that you guys didn't like it either. That's all I, cause I kept watching and going, God, if Sean or Bob likes this, how am I going to have to quit the show in the middle of it? Oh, I already did that, <laughs> I already did that once today. <laughs> all right. I know, it's, bad. it's a bad movie. 1993, we had Dave, American Heart, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, Much to Do About Nothing, and My Neighbor Totoro. What are you doing on the podcast, the bonus episode, Sean? We're going to be delayed uh, because of uh, some family issues, but we are doing Dave. Uh, we watched it this weekend, and you know what? That movie is timeless. <laughs> it is. It's timeless. It's one of the few movies from 30 years ago that you could look at and go, you know, that movie could come out anytime and, and be that good. Uh, so yeah, we lo- looking forward to that having having that full conversation. Awesome. Any- but, uh, I do want to touch on on My Neighbor Totoro, which is one of the the greatest animes ever made. If you've never seen My Neighbor Totoro, it's so m- moving and beautiful and emotional. The animation is spectacular. Uh, it is as well timeless, but in in, in that way, the animation can be uh, as, as opposed to other types of uh, mediums. I. Uh, but it, of course, and Miyazaki is just—he's Miyazaki. Of course, he's brilliant. And but my name is Totoro. It's, just, it's very emotional, but it's also very funny and very, very odd. And it has those wonderful beats. I, I, I adore that film. Um, and uh, much ado about nothing uh, is—you know—if you want to watch an actual Shakespeare adaptation, <laughs> that one's probably the way to go. I mean, you've got Kenneth Branagh, you've got uh, Denzel Washington, Emma Thompson. Uh, this amazing cast doing a, a straight uh, take. Uh, Michael Keaton's in it. Keanu Reeves is good in it as well. Uh, early Keanu Reeves, one of the rare good early performances by him. He's probably the weakest aspect of it, but still, he's he, he's you know do, be, being well directed in it. Uh, it's really a lot of fun, and it's one of the the lighthearted you know, Shakespeare's. So I think it's the most accessible uh, of a Shakespeare play to do. And uh, they really, they really captured it very well. It's really, it's really a lot of fun. Is the Bruce Lee movie any good? I've never seen it. <laughs> it's been years since I've seen it. it. I don't remember it being very good. Uh, yeah. All right. Next week we got. Uh, it looks like Hypnotic is coming to the theaters with Ben Affleck. Uh, Sean had the idea of all of us watching a streaming movie, and he picked the intensity. Of Joseph Chambers is that or the integrity? I wrote that really yeah, the sloppy. Integrity of Joseph Chambers. It's actually the uh, the follow up to the Killing of Two Lovers uh, the, from that director and uh, the the star of that film. And that was my favorite film of uh, 2021. So I can't wait to see this one. I I'm, I'm shocked I haven't seen it yet. I just didn't have. I just didn't even know it came out. Honestly. Uh, have you picked yours yet, Jeff? Because I haven't really picked one. <laughs> No, I'm going to pick a horror movie, though. I might pick The Burning if it's available. That came out today in uh, 1980. Uh, 1981 came out today. Thinking about that one because I just was reminded of it. But I don't know. I'll, I'll let you guys know. It'll be a big surprise for everybody. All right. And I get to disappoint everybody next week, too, with the classic. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Mountain. <laughs> uh, based on some weird YouTube videos I saw, I just thought, hey, can we watch this? And Sean said, sure. And Jeff's like, do I have to pay for it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, 
that's it, not it, entirely true. But it's a Jodorowsky it's, film, and you know, I, I'm I'm a big fan of what I've seen of Jodorowsky's stuff. He's very experimental, and it can be very it can be foreboding. It can be you know very intimidating to watch a Jodorowsky film because he is so weird. So I, I'm intrigued at the very least. For the record, listeners, I w- I don't mind renting a movie. I do mind when I go to rent a movie that I've wanted to see for a while and you can only buy it and it's minimum 10 bucks. Cause what if I hate it? Right. Meanwhile, I accepted your offer, Bob. Yes, <laughs> uh, we can still do that. It's fine. <laughs> uh, the inspiration for that was there's this band called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, and they have a record called Nonagon Infinity. That's apparently based on this movie. They have a bunch of music videos that are inspired by the movie, but look like Mighty Morphin Power Ranger budgets. Uh, so I don't know. It just looks weird. So I'm curious. And then in 1993, Carnosaur, Excessive Force, Lost in Yonkers, and Posse come out. What are you watching? We'll be watching Carnosaur. Of course, you of are. course. <laughs> I've never seen Carnosaur, so I'm excited. I don't know what it is. I don't even know what it is. I just love the title. I don't remember it, but I remember it coming out and I I watched it because it was like Roger Corman's answer to Jurassic Park. So <laughs> that sounds amazing. It was one of those, you know, like you know, I mean Roger Corman is one of the best filmmakers alive just because he does shit like that. Where he's like, oh, shit, there's a movie about dinosaurs coming out. Okay, we've got two weeks to make up a dinosaur movie. I'm going to try to watch that. Yeah, I I will try to watch that, too, if it's available. Sounds like it's going to be a weird week of movies. You know what? Why couldn't we have had some of the fucking movies that came out in April come out this month? So, you know, I wasn't, like, spending my entire weekend at the movie theater every weekend in April. Sorry. Yeah, probably would have been a good idea to, to release uh, What Love Got to Do With It next week, or, or or Polite Society might not have you know tanked so terribly if they'd released it, you know, next week. Evil Dead Rises did not have to come out the same weekend as Bo is Afraid. That's all I'm saying, and that was the same weekend I was going to Chicago. So, yeah, Bo is Afraid can come out next week, so I have something to look forward to. <laughs> I I. I just I just like after my birthday a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, I really don't have anything to look forward to for the foreseeable future. When's so, Ari Aster's next movie? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's play flick chart. To, what are we at? Well, we're about an hour, so we're not horrible. 127 hours at RoboCop 2. 127 hours. Yep. Agreed. We're, we've we've made up time from you guys shitting all over Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> that is true. The Wolf of Wall Street. No country for old men. No country for old men. No country for old men. By a lot. Twenty eight days later, role models. Oh, role models. That's really tough. I love role models. That's like I'm not a big comedy person, but I. If they made a role models too, I would definitely go see it. Um, but I'm going to say 28 days later, just because it gave us fast zombies. <laughs> I like 28 days later, and I love. I but I just if I'm going to watch one, I'm going to watch role models because it's one of the most watchable comedies. 
Yeah, role models is. I mean, I love them both, but I love role models more than I should. It sounds like all of us do a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I'll take that as well. The Rocketeer Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. Yeah, Galaxy Quest. Vantage Point Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. I've never seen Vantage Point, so. Neither have I. Uh, Drumline, Harry Potter, and the Sorcerer's Stone. Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. Although everybody's daddy looked cute in that. I mean, Nick Cannon. <laughs> the Lady Killer is the day after tomorrow. Lady Killer is even in a bad movie with Tom Hanks is better than fucking day after tomorrow. Unpopular opinion. Day after tomorrow because I love disaster flicks and effects. Unpopular opinion. I didn't hate the lady killers. <laughs> uh, I knew I was safe picking <laughs> the day after tomorrow. I've never Ooh. seen Artysaurus Rex. I'm sorry. Two dinosaur movies. <laughs> Pearl Harbor, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Oh, God. Jurassic World, I guess. I think it might be shorter. Jurassic World, just for the effects and the dinosaurs, I just... Yeah. I don't Pearl like Harbor's the newer ones. Trash, though. <laughs> What'd you say? Pearl Harbor's pure trash, so you can't well, go speaking yeah. against it. Beyond the Lights, Smoking the Bandit. Beyond the Lights. I've never seen Beyond the Lights, so... I'll let you have it, Sean. I've never seen it either. <laughs> Eastern Promises, Burn After Reading. That's tough! Fuck, which way do you go on that? Oh, man, because Eastern Promises is incredible, but Burn After Reading is fucking hilarious. Oh, man. Eastern Promises, but that is tough. Oh, Naked Viggo Mortensen or Hilarious Brad Pitt. (laughs) Burn After Reading. (laughs) Eastern Promises for me. And if not just because of Naked Viggo Mortensen. Sure, Bob. We, you just came out on the show earlier. <laughs> I mean, I love that Talking part, Talking about too. your love of giant penises. Sexuality is a spectrum. Yes. The Nice Guys Bachelor Party. Nice Guys. I don't think I ever saw The Nice Guys. Is really? that Wait, is that Will Ferrell and... Don't no, know. this is Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe Crow and Ryan Gosling. Shane Black. Oh, no, I did, I, I did not see that one. That's awesome. Have you seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Uh, yeah, a long, long time. Did ago. you like it? I liked it. If you like that, you'll like Nice Guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that said, with Bachelor Party, just to throw in a plug for the '93 podcast, when we on the next episode of for Three of Hearts, we spend a lot of time talking about Tawny Katane because for some reason she appears in Three of Hearts. And it's just blink and you'll miss it. And she's gone. And we're like, what the hell was she doing here? And we spent a good while just talking about Tawny Katane. Uh, <laughs> just for fun. Rest in peace. Yeah. Friends with benefits. No country for old men. No country for old men. No country for old men. Agreed. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. The Tree of Life. <laughs> tree of Life. Yeah, the Tree of Life. I don't have an opinion. The cell of very merry. I, I will. Up. I will say. I will never forget Sean making fun of me on this show for giving him trick or treat. 
and he he gave me the tree of life for my birthday, and I gave him I gave him trick or treat for Christmas or something, <laughs> and he made fun of me for it. I was just trying to share something I loved. Trying to trick or treat. That's why I have that movie. <laughs> trick or yeah, treat or I, the I, or tree of life. Trick or treat, just a piss shana. I, I agree. I've never seen a very merry mix up. I don't know what that is. Fine, we can get back to the show. That was that was the is that the was that a no? Okay. The cell uh, walk hard. The Dewey Cox story. The cell. Yeah, you guys go ahead and pick. I don't care. That's I don't fine. like it really. Uh, the visuals in the sh- in the cell are what what get it for me. And walk hard is a disappointment. The Avengers, the Ice Storm. The Avengers, because the Ice Storm, as great as it is, it's fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great movie, but like, never make me watch that ever again. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I don't know how to say that. Paris. Paris Jatin. Okay, or Halloween 2, 1981. Halloween 2. <laughs> uh, Poor Paris. horror memory for me. Paris Jatem, I think I have a review of it. I don't think I was. I liked it very much, but I have a review of it on the on the blog. I'll have to look. Hang on, let me check the blog. <laughs> just, just, I really just pick Halloween too. Okay, no, I'm not I, mean, I haven't seen the other one. So. <laughs> and I don't hate Halloween too. So, a uh, SWAT or Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Grizzly Man, Angels in the Outfield, 2000. That's Angels in the Infield. It's a completely different movie. Holy fuck. You're right. Angels in the Infield. It's got to be I've never seen Angels in the Infield, so. I've never seen either one of them because I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to watch <laughs> Grizzly Man. Grizzly Man's hilarious. Grizzly Man or Paul? Paul. That's hard. 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 Um, I'm going to go Paul. Yeah, because Grizzly Man is... Is again, it's hard to watch. It doesn't have a rewatchable quality. It's just, <laughs> you just kind of dunking on this idiot who <laughs> went to live with Bear. It's one of the great comedies of all time. <laughs> Back to the future. Yeah, they should have called it Fuck Around and Find Out. <laughs> Grizzly Man 2, Fuck Around and Find Out. <laughs> Grizzly Man 1. <laughs> uh,. Back to the Future Part 3, Cocoon. Back to the Future 3. Yeah, you want to hear something really fucking scary? Mm-hmm. I'm older than Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. But I look prettier. How <laughs> oh, is that fun? Uh, I mean, in fairness, he, he was 70 when he was 30, so. Oh, he was 70 in The Thing <laughs> in 1980. Three Men and a Baby, Fargo. 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 Fartco. Breakfast at Tiffany's, Glengarry, Glen Ross. Glengarry, Glen Ross. Oh, yeah. If you took if you took Mickey, Mickey Rooney out of Breakfast at Tiffany's, I would probably pick that. Uh, Pitch Perfect, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. Sherlock Holmes. Pitch Perfect. Oh, Pitch Perfect. I'm not a big fan of the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies. I don't mind them so much, but I can't say that vomit scene in the first Pitch Perfect movie. Otherwise, I like the Pitch Perfect movies, but that vomit scene in the first one is fucking gross. Totally not necessary. A Bronx Tale 9 to 5. 9 to 5. Considering 9 to 5 is in my top probably 5 movies, definitely my top 5 comedies, we're going to always pick 9 to 5. 
which we should do as a classic that, um, when that next uh, Lily Tomlin Jane Fonda movie comes out. Works for me. Already come out. One of them. No, did. there's another one. No, I think it's coming out this summer. Drive the Hangover. Drive. Yeah. Yep. My girl, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Close Encounters. Close Encounters. The Crow, How the West Was Won. The Crow. Yeah. Limitless, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. Limitless. You said Sherlock Holmes, Sean? Yeah. I don't care. I don't really like Sherlock Holmes that much. Hoodlum, Existence. Existence. Yeah, Existence. The Virgin Suicide, Kentucky Fried Movie. The Virgin Suicides. Yeah, The Virgin Suicides. Two odd movies be up against each other. <laughs> High Noon or Identity? High Noon. High Noon is a better movie. I did get tricked by Identity, though, the first time I saw it. That's another one of those movies from the early 2000s that I loved at the time. I don't remember if it's any good or not. Uh, oh, it's probably not. <laughs> Uh, Han- I'll have to check the blog. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal Hard Candy. Hard Candy. Yeah, although I am one of the few people who loved Sounds of the Lambs and I liked Hannibal. I like Hannibal. <clears throat> Take Shelter, The Passion of the Christ. Take Shelter. That movie's fucking incredible. I never saw Take Shelter, but I'm going to pick that over anything from Mel Gibson and Jim Cavizio <laughs> ever touches. When are they going to make the sequel? <laughs> Aren't they making it now? I, I've heard that, but I'm like, what? They're going to, oh, he's going to come back? Like, Jesus died for your sins and then he came back? He, like, I think he's, no, no, I think he's, they're trying to do a supernatural. He goes down to hell and confronts the devil and shit. It, oh, it sounds Christ. horrible. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. He's played by Vin this time. <laughs> no, the devil will be like Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Playing the same anti woke guy. Plays the same character. Plays in Money Plane, but he's the devil. <laughs> He'll be like an Obama-like character, not an actual devil. Uh, <laughs> Assault on Precinct Thirteen: The Recruit. Assault on Pre- Precinct Thirteen. Yes, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Okay, North by Northwest tracks. I've not seen tracks. I've heard amazing things about it, but I've not seen it. No, I've never seen it either. That's the movie I'm thinking of. The right stuff. North by Northwest. North by Northwest. Yeah. Agreed. Right stuff is good. It's just very long, kind of dry. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yep. See, your computer's listening to you, Bob. <laughs> Every week. Madman 1981 or Jason X? I've never seen oh, that. I don't, I don't know Madman. This I don't think it's you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Madman uh, is really, it's kind of a cult classic. But I, Jason X came out two days before my birthday. And I was, I saw Jason in space and I was like, what the fuck? But I had so, I didn't want to go see it. My friends just said, oh, no, you're a Friday the 13th fan. We're going to take you for your birthday. 
I had so much fun at that movie. It is, and it's one of my top of the later Friday the 13th. So we're going to pick Jason X. Ice Age 2, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Eternal Sunshine. Ice Age 2. I'm just kidding. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> but I'm really fucking sick of everybody telling me that, that that is like one of the best movies that was ever made because it's fine. It's better than Ice Age 2. We'll just say that. It's very good, but I forget about it. I, when I watch it, I get a recency bias and I like it a lot for like a week. And then. <laughs> I can't get away from it because I, you know, all the homos on Instagram that I follow are constantly posting about it and all the emo homos, I should say. Uh, Emo is the worst. Uh, Dunkirk, my cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny. By a lot. Uh oh. Hard Day's Night, The Basketball Diaries. Hard Day's Night. Yep. Holes the cooler. The cooler. Yeah, the cooler. I agree. Although I am a fan of holes. <laughs> waiting for the silence to see how long we can <laughs> <laughs> let that sink in. Exit through the gift shop, Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Exit through the Exit gift Exit through the gift shop. Terrific movie. Still never seen it. Scary movie Disturbia. Why does that say Scary Movie 89? What's a Scary Movie 1989? Because there must have been one. I've never heard of a I Scary think... Movie from 1989. I've heard of the one from I... 1999 or 2000. No, I know there, there's definitely one that was from the 80s, but I don't, rem- I don't think I've ever seen it. Definitely. All right, then. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, 2009. Disturbia. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Is that the newly replaced one, or is that the... I think that's the replaced one, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, then. American Pie Surrogates. American Pie. American Pie. I just saw, by the way, just on a brief aside, I saw a list of... Somebody was talking about the best food scenes in movies, like the ones that make you want to eat. <laughs> they put American Pie as having the best food scene in history. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why would that make you want to eat something? A couple years ago, (laughs) go ahead. (laughs) A couple years ago, my sister and her family went on vacation, and they rented a house in Florida or somewhere. And they were, you know, like, oh, at night it was just kind of like, well, let's rent a movie. And so they rented that one. And my niece, who's now seventeen, couldn't watch it. She was too embarrassed to watch it with her parents. (laughs) Still not Bo's afraid watching that sex scene with your dad. Poor Josh. Uh, we love you, Josh. Uh, 13 going on 30, <laughs> The Blair Witch Project. 13 going on 30. It's, it's such a wonderful film. I love Blair Witch, but uh, yeah. like, if I'm going to pick one between them and watch one, I'm going to watch 13 going on 30. That movie is just pure joy. That yeah, same here. I'll go Blair Witch, but that's okay. I like 13 going on 30. High Noon. I like go ahead. Blair Witch, but... We've talked about that last week. I like Blair Witch, but I don't know if I could watch it again. High Noon, The In-Laws. High Noon. The In-Laws is a fucking miserable movie. I've never seen it, but I I'll pick High either. Noon. Dr. Zhivago, Kill Bill, Part 2. Kill Bill. Kill Bill. 
Heathers, The Hunger Games, The Mockingjay Part 2. Heathers. I'm kind of torn because I think I really think Hunger Games is much better. I think that that, that movie's going to age well, I think. Oh, um, definitely. But Heathers is a wonderful you know, movie. Heathers, I think I'd probably watch Heathers first, but I, I think, yeah, I think there's a there's a much better there's something going on with Hunger Games I don't think we've gotten to the bottom of quite yet. Well, Hunger Games is a really good like saga. Yeah. It it all holds together really well. Um it I mean aside from Philip Seymour Hoffman dying at, you know before they'd finished the final one the the cast is all there. They don't recast in the middle. It's it's a solid saga and I really like I like the books too. So Bonnie and Clyde Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Um. Yeah, Valkyrie. I I watched Bonnie and Clyde not too long ago because everybody, you know, I'd never seen it, and it was one. It was like on that one thousand and one movies you must see before you die, and I'm like, oh, I think I could. This could have been the last one before I died that I didn't have to see. <laughs> it was definitely a disappointment. I hate Valkyrie too, though. But yeah. Bonnie well, and Clyde. Tom Cruise. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde is not good. Yeah, I agree. U571, Down With Love. Down With Love is one of the most underrated movies of all time. I love that fucking movie. It's so good. I wish people would see it. It's just one of the best, funniest pastiches of 1950s romance ever. Uh, You don't see movies quite like this. Ewan McGregor is incredible in it, as is Renee Zellweger, but like, what, he, what Ewan McGregor does in evoking uh, you know, Rock Hudson in those movies, is it's so phenomenal. He's, he's fantastic. He's so charming. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, 2009, The Polar Express. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Please never Mender make Vinder. <laughs> I never want to see Polar Express ever again. It lives in my nightmares. <laughs> Eight millimeter, last of the Mohicans. Eight millimeter, definitely. I don't like homework. <laughs> Thor: Love and Thunder, Candyman, ninety-two. Candyman, Candyman. Thor: Love and Thunder is just such a disappointment. That's probably it's another fine. reason why that and this movie right here, Doctor Strange, are like the the reasons why I just <laughs> don't care about Marvel anymore. Yeah, I thought Thor was horrible, and I love Guns and Roses. Uh, Return of the Jedi, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness. Return of the Jedi by a lot. El Retorno del Jedi. Okay. Uh, somebody, checked, somebody check Jeff's settings. He's in Spanish. Can you <laughs> check his mic? Pero chica, mi amiga, que dice, estoy yo, estoy yo, y como habla, y habla y si, habla y si contigo. Okay, I'm back. The Stufford Wives or Men Who Stare at Goats. They're both terrible. Yeah, <laughs> fishing with Gandhi, and there uh, it is. Lives is, is, a, is I think maybe slightly less of a disaster, so I'd go with that one. I I just can I just get that confused with Bewitched, yeah, that she was in Schindler's List once, once. <laughs> Schindler's List, I like it. I liked I liked the experience of seeing it in a theater and watching everybody cry while I was giggling. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Once. <laughs> is that a, is it, were you just repeating a Seinfeld plot? 
No, no, I've never seen Seinfeld, so I couldn't. That was an actual Seinfeld plot. <laughs> was it really? It was. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen Seinfeld, so I didn't know that. All right. Uh, Shadow of the Vampire Multiplicity. Shadow of the Vampire. Shadow of the Vampire. I can only take maybe two of uh, Michael Keaton. <laughs> Fever Pitch, Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Doom. Uh, Temple of Doom, although I do like Fever Pitch. Yeah, Temple of Doom. I just don't like Last Crusade. No time for love, Dr. Jones. The Hunger Games, you mean Dupree. The Hunger Games. Hunger Games. We should we could do that as a classic when the new one comes out this fall. Have we been on the have we been doing this long enough, Bob, that we actually had the original Hunger Games on? I know. <laughs> yeah, we, we did it on the yes. show when it came out. That's funny. So the new one coming out? Yeah, <laughs> the Ballad of Songbird and Snakes. Is it a prequel? I think it's a, it's prequel. a prequel that um it takes place, you know, several years before. Um and President Snow, Donald Sutherland's character, he is one of the uh, uh, one of their advocates or whatever they're called. And he kind of changes the game and falls in love with somebody who's in the game. So apparently, I have the I got the book for a dollar at a garage sale, so I've got to read that <laughs> first. And then. Is Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in the sequel or the prequel? Yeah. Okay, Capote or the Devil Inside? Capote. Capote by a lot. Outbreak, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. The only good Dustin Hoffman movie, Outbreak. <laughs> Outbreak. We love a plague movie. The, forgo- <laughs> the Forgotten, The Machinist. The Machinist. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's that hard to watch. So bad. <laughs> men in black two three men and a little baby or a little lady uh, men in black two i think is slightly less miserable you pick bob because i don't give a fuck <laughs> neither do i jingle all the way signs 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 the batman snow white and the seven dwarves the batman yeah because that's not that that's a completely different snow white so but the batman have we seen the snow white or should we have switched it anyway uh three billboards outside ebbing missouri man on the moon man on the moon uh, yeah although that became kind of the point where i started to really dislike jim carrey because he was always doing sh- some shtick i go three billboards just to be different the natural cello i've never seen cello no i haven't seen cello cool poster though the natural the italian job the natural no wait the italian job i don't know neither one of them was very good the natural is one of the most overrated movies ever i just don't like the natural i tried watching it twice it's terrible italian job it is all right last one eastern promises robocop 3 Eastern Promises. Eastern Promises. I love to see Eastern Promises get up high. That's good. It belongs up there. It's a classic. Where do we have it at? 30. 30. Oh, nice. 
might be a little high, but it's you know it's it's mm-hmm. it's up where it's up in the top one hundred. I think is a fair. Score. Well, Return of the Jedi should be higher, but Eastern Promises. <laughs> is Eternal Sunshine too high on our list, <laughs> Jeff? At number eleven. <laughs> All right. I like it. <laughs> All right. That's our show. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. See ya. See ya.